Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. In this video, I'm going to share a bit about buying land uh, with outline planning. I've been asked a few questions, so I'll cover those in the hope that you benefit. So the first question is uh, thinking about which location to choose. And this is quite important because uh, obviously location determines pretty much everything. And one of the things about location is if you're looking to get a site with full planning, you could sell it to a, a housing association. So depending on, on the area it's in, they might have a keen interest in that. You could do a joint venture with them as well, well where they'll fund the build cost. So that makes it really easy for you or you can build it out for them uh, and then they'll buy it from you. Uh, on the other side, of course, uh, location is important because you can then work out what the sale proceeds are per square foot, how much the land is costing you per square foot to buy and how much the land is worth per square foot after planning and then how much it's gonna cost you to build uh, a house per square foot and those prices vary depending on the finish and the size uh, but you, the location is going to determine a lot of those things in terms of how much money you've got to spend and what you're going to get as the outcome so make sure you're clear on uh, what the value of properties is in that particular location linked with that of course is who your ideal customer is or who you're looking to, to sell to because obviously if you're uh, looking to build high-end houses that they need to be in a location where there's a demand for high-end houses where people want to live in high-end houses there's no point in you building half a million pound houses in an area where there's a hundred thousand pound houses because that area doesn't have that kind of demand whereas obviously if, if, if there's other houses worth half a million to three quarters of a million and then you're building those houses they're going to be a, a nice fit so knowing who your customer is enables you to do that but if you're going to rent them out then again you need to know who your specific tenants are to focus on uh, those uh, tenants stroke customers uh, or buyers then of course you've got the, the size of the land with that comes obviously the density again depends on whether you're buying land as a speculative deal with an option agreement or whether you're uh, buying it with outline planning if it's got outline planning then there's pretty much you there's the council have determined how many units you can get on there you then got to obviously go through the full detailed planning of the reserved matters to finalize things and obviously have different house types and designs and then you change the sizes depending on how many there are uh, for two bedroom three bedroom four bedroom possibly even even five or six bedroom uh, depending on what's been agreed yeah, and alongside that obviously there's a, a section 106 requirement uh, and the affordable housing requirement so you'll have to uh, agree all of those things uh, as well although if you've got deep outline planning those things would have been agreed in principle anyhow so once you, once you know that you can then work out the, the cost of the land in the good old days it was a third for, for the land a third build cost and a, and a third profit it doesn't quite work like that nowadays i see developers usually working on anywhere from like a 18 to 25 percent margin sometimes they go lower i've even seen people make it work on on 15 percent it just depends uh how, how the deal looks like but i'd say 
to work on a minimum 20% return. That makes sense. And then, then you can work backwards on an appraisal uh, and iron everything through, the, through an appraisal sheet just to make sure that the numbers stack up. And that very quickly tells me whether it's worth investing more time on looking at a deal or not, because sometimes you just end up wasting your time. So you've got to have those details there. The particular piece of land that I'm kind of talking about here is one that I purchased with outline planning. And we had a conditional agreement. We paid nothing to uh, exchange, but we exchanged contracts on the condition that we would get detail or, outline or full planning. Now, of course, once you've got outline planning, you're going to get detailed planning anyway. But I wanted that extra time just to make sure that we get the detailed planning. That went through, that took uh, nine months in total. Should have taken about five months, but the local authority in this particular case took a lot longer. They had five extensions uh, in between from when they said they would initially uh, come back to us to when they actually did. So these things take time. Planning always takes uh, a lot longer than it should do. Uh, and that's something that you should obviously uh, have in your plan because it's going to take uh, longer than it should do. Obtaining uh, full planning or going through reserved matters wasn't that onerous a process. The planning department were pretty good in fairness to them. They wanted some further details on a few bits of like the access and the drainage which we were able to sort out. Uh, but once you've got outline planning, that makes it really easy or makes it easier. And if you're buying uh, land without planning, remember it's speculative. You could obviously do a pre-app uh, that doesn't guarantee you'll get planning, but it gives you a very good indication of which way the planning officer and department are looking to go. And if that doesn't work well, then don't go ahead. And of course, uh, the good thing about a pre-app is it's a private process. Nobody knows you've been through it, but it gives you a good indication. Once you go for full planning, then it becomes a public process. It's on the council's planning portal and everybody can see what's going on. So feel free to do uh, pre-apps just to see what's going on. And again, depending on the size of the de development, uh, you can get a, a pre-app done for between three to five grand by using uh, an architect who, who you know. And then their bonus, of course, is that if the pre-app's positive, you'll then give them the work for the full planning application. So they'll look after you and hopefully do a good deal for you. On this particular site, we've got planning for 40 houses. Uh, the uh, section 106 cost uh, is £245,000. The affordable housing uh, limit was 15%. So six houses are for section 106. Uh, so six houses are for affordable housing. So it's a good scheme uh, and it works well. The margins are good. Uh, the GDV on that is just over 7 million uh, and the, if we sell the land with full planning uh, we'll pretty much double our investment if we build it out we'll quadruple the investment and the profit on the build is 20% so 20% of 7.5 million gives you 1.5 million pounds that's that's excluding finance costs so uh, finance costs just put in 300 grand so still a margin of 1.2 million pounds pretty good going uh, i think 
The planning process, like I said, should have taken six months, but took a, 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 an extra five months on top of that to build the houses. I've been quoted 18 months, although I think it'll probably take them 20 or 21 months. So you can get the houses ready within uh, a year and a half to 21 months, which is a good going. You can try and sell them, some of them off plan uh, and it works well. So within three years, you pretty much you can build the houses and sell pretty much all of them. You should do it quicker than that, but three years end to end, whole job done, works really well. Once you've got outline planning, then trying to change the number of properties isn't gonna work because the council's already agreed in principle how many properties go on there. You can reduce the density, you're not gonna be able to increase it that easily, and it's gonna take you too much time and too much hassle. It's not even worth thinking about. So just go with what's there already. And then what do you do with the properties once they're built? Well, that's something to think about. Do you sell them? Do you hold on to them? That's a choice you should make at the start. Uh, you can change your mind, obviously, down the road, but partly depends on the economic climate as well. Partly depends on can you get funding. I prefer to hold on to them, so refinance, pull all my money out, then put them on rent. I have a capital appreciating asset and I've created cash flow. It makes sense, and obviously, if I sell them, I've got to pay tax, and if it's still a limited company, you're paying corporation tax. If I'm just refinancing, no tax to pay, so that's an extra 19% saving, so to speak, because I've not really made the saving, but I'm not sold, therefore I'm not to pay the tax. Uh, so that's why uh, I keep the property, not just because I don't want to pay the tax, it's not about not wanting to pay the tax. It's about why pay the tax and sell the properties when you can keep the properties, create income, and have an, have a, have an asset uh, that appreciates in value and obviously uh, gives you cash flow. It makes sense to keep them as far as you can, but every deal is different and circumstances are different. So you might want to sell some of them. You might Your business model might be to sell all of them. Depends what you do. Like I said, I keep them all, but uh, work out the numbers on both scenarios and then see what works well. And then you can do a hybrid. Keep some, sell some as well. In terms of the structure, best to use an SPV, limited company, buy it in there, and then do all of the work through that. If you hold on to it, Obviously, the rental income goes into the company. If you sell it, the company has to pay corporation tax on the profits, and then if you draw the money out, you've got to pay income tax on that. If you're only doing a one-off development or it's your last development, then you can do a voluntary solvent liquidation and claim entrepreneur's relief and get up to a million pounds if you haven't used that in the past and only uh, out to your company and only pay 10% tax. Anything above that, then you've got to pay 20% tax. So. It works really well. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money. <laughs>